We continue with our readings through Luke. This is in the fifth chapter, beginning with the 17th verse. One day, while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questioning, he answered them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Friends, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, have you, have you ever felt invisible or overlooked, forgotten, maybe lost in a sea of people? I'm sure we can all name times when instances like these have happened to us. I know that I can. Our reading from Luke, it tells us the story of a paralyzed man who wants to see Jesus. But the crowds are so great, it seems impossible for this to happen. He remains invisible in this sea of people, maybe feeling like a nobody, maybe feeling not important enough to get close to this important man named Jesus. So we continue our sermon series today on the gospel of the nobodies walking with Jesus through the gospel of Luke. And if you remember last week, Pastor Jeff told us about this special perspective that Luke offers us. If you remember, Luke was commissioned to write this gospel. He was writing primarily to those in power, those who had influence. And so Luke tends to take a stand focused on things like social justice. We hear about the poor, the sick, the grieving, those that live on the margins. And Luke continues to point out to us how Jesus responds to them, how Jesus loves them, how Jesus loves the nobodies. Last week we also heard about Mary, 
the young, unlikely girl chosen to be the mother of Jesus. Young, unwed, and pregnant. Maybe someone who wishes they could be invisible because her situation is evident to all who see her. But if seen in today's world, how would we react? Would we make assumptions about her circumstances? Would we welcome her in? What if that unwed teenage, pregnant teenager was of a different color than us? What would we do then? Certainly in ancient times, this was a dire situation for Mary because in those days, to be unwed and pregnant, that would go against the law. The gospel of the nobodies. Luke tells us the story of Jesus' birth, beginning with us learning about Mary, a nobody who becomes a surprising and unlikely young mother of God. Well, moving along in Luke, today we come to this story about a man because of his physical limitations, he cannot get close to Jesus. And the story begins, though, by saying that Jesus is teaching. He's teaching and the high church leaders, the Pharisees, they're sitting nearby, probably with raised eyebrows, taking notes, what is he going to say now? There are lots of people gathered and listening to Jesus teach and preach. He's already drawing a crowd early now in his ministry. Meanwhile, outside, there is a paralyzed man lying on his bed, probably more like a cot or a stretcher. And some men are hoping to carry this paralyzed man in to be healed. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us where this man and his friends have come from, But we know that in ancient times, someone who was disabled or sick, well, they weren't really cared for. Many times they found themselves living outside the city walls, begging for survival, pretty much shunned or abandoned by society. Nobodies, for sure. To be sick in these times would also tend to signify sin, And so people would consider them unclean and want to stay away. But for some reason, this man has made it to where Jesus is. This group of men, this group of friends carrying him have brought him to where Jesus is. The determined love of just a few friends to help a man in dire need. But there's too many people. There's too many people everywhere, and the crowd becomes like a barrier. But they don't stop. They make this decision that they're going to go through the roof. This sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Roofs in those days, probably made of something like mud, uh, branches, wooden tiles. And so they decide they're going to lower their friend through a hole in the roof. Kind of like raise the roof. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> It seems quite amazing, yes. Carry him up there, make a hole, and lower him down. Huh. But remember, Jesus is teaching inside around all these people. There must have been some kind of loud disruption, distraction, right? 
making a mess of mud and branches falling from the roof, crashing down. And in the midst of this chaos, this mess, Jesus turns and speaks. But first, the text says, when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus sees them. Jesus sees this man lost in the crowd. And Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus calls him friend. He knows him. He's known him all along. And he sees him through his faith. Jesus stops what he's doing. Jesus was willing to be distracted from his teaching by the needs of this man in need, the man that had been forgotten invisible within his culture, Jesus is more interested in this nobody than any of the so-called important people. We can imagine the scene. Important people gathered around Jesus, listening to him speak. They were the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, people who were charged with interpreting the law for people to understand, but Jesus doesn't care. Jesus stops. He doesn't hesitate. Now, this, this idea of being paralyzed and not finding Jesus, it's an interesting thing to think about. Now, it's a very real thing to have a physical kind of paralysis, yes, to rely on others to help you physically move. And if it had not been for this man's friends who lifted him up and carried him, he might not have gotten to Jesus physically. But in some sense, being paralyzed can affect us all in different ways, all of which try to keep us away from Jesus. I mean, have you ever found yourself paralyzed by by fear or maybe depression or mental illness, afraid to take that next step on your own, maybe certain that God cannot be found? Maybe when a loved one passes away unexpectedly or the judge says, no more chances. Or maybe when a spouse says, divorce. Maybe the feelings are so deep or so dark that you isolate yourself from community. Maybe it's a feeling of guilt or shame that pull you away, pull you inside. Do you know people like that? Or have you ever felt like that? What would it take for you to lay yourself at Jesus' feet? What would it take for you to allow friends to lift you up, to carry you and care for you? To allow yourself to experience healing and forgiveness. You know, while I was studying this story and thinking about carrying each other. I couldn't help but think about how we carry each other to the baptismal font. Certainly we carry babies, but symbolically we carry everyone, adults as well, in baptism. They can't get there on their own. Now Jesus has already claimed them, has claimed us, but to come and to publicly hear God's promise 
Parents and sponsors bring their children to the healing waters of baptism. And we, as a community of faith, make promises to help them, to lift them up and carry them on their faith journey, to welcome them. Is that so different than these men who brought their friend to the feet of Jesus? We come in need of healing, in search of a new identity in Christ, to experience God's love within community, to experience a holy belonging. Maybe it's as simple as inviting a friend to come with you to church. Come and experience grace together in community that can heal whatever paralysis holds you captive. But above all, know this. It is not up to us to find Jesus. Jesus has already found and claimed you. We are God's children. But there are people who don't know that truth. They don't know that truth in their life, and they still feel like a nobody. In response to that great love from God that we have all received, we have been freed to help our neighbors, to see those who feel invisible, to touch those who are the outsiders, and to reach out, lift up, and carry each other in the name of Jesus, who offers us grace and mercy and healing. Through this healing story of the paralyzed man, the scripture says all were amazed. The crowd, the friends, the church leaders, they were all witnesses to the authority of God. And they were all changed. Jesus knew this man, but everyone else witnessed who Jesus really was. The story ends with, we have seen strange things today. I love that. God's love through Jesus Christ. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. It is strange. It's radical. So this week, who is it that you walk by and yet you don't see? Who could you call up just to check in, to visit? Or do you see someone who could just use a friendly smile? Maybe when you walked into church today, you noticed the silhouettes that are on the walls. They're reminders to us of the people that we pass by each day that we don't know or we don't see. And I invite you to, you can write a note for a prayer or a name and put them on there so that they are known to remember that way. Each time we love our neighbor, you are bringing them to Jesus helping them, and reaffirming for ourselves that we are known and unconditionally loved by our good and gracious God. Thanks be to God. Amen.